It is good to see you here today. I'm going to uh, get you to do something real quick. We are all part of God's creation, and we're a lot prettier with smiles on our face. So look at somebody next to you and smile at them and tell them you're glad to see them here today. Amen. Y'all here today. Psalm 8 reminds us of the majesty of God, the beauty of creation, and who we are. Hear these words from the psalmist O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth! You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set into place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man? that you should care for him. You have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands and put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beast of the field, the birds of the heaven and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, How majestic is your name in all the earth. This is the word of God for the people of God. I've had the privilege, along with Charles, to be at pastor school at Epworth by the Sea, our Methodist Conference Center in South Georgia. And it has been a great week of gathering and fellowship and Um, hearing from other pastors about the things that are going on in their churches, talking about things we can do better, concentrating on how we can become better pastors and preachers and caretakers of the flock. And so it has been a, a great week. Charles and Mickey are on their way home today from having gathered there as well. And uh, both of us were fortunate to be able to have family come and join us. Though we had to go to the conference, we, I promise you we did our work. Um, but we, um, we have just had such a blessing to be down at the Golden Isles of Georgia to take this opportunity to learn, to grow in God's word, and to be together. Often what that meant was gathering after worship was over. We timed our worship. Um, I'm part of the board of directors for pastor school, and we time worship so we can all go out and watch the sunset afterwards right there at Epworth. And there's a reason for that. In those moments, we are reminded of how great God is. I heard kids say, God really paints a cool sky to their parents as they were gathered to persons just standing in awe of God and just saying how amazing that the God who created this also created us. In this hymn for the director of music, 
We hear, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. What a beautiful way to set and end a hymn of praise. You have set your glory in the heavens when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set into place. We can't help but be inspired. It's no wonder that in our hymnals we hear words like, When I in awesome wonder consider all the works all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, the pow- thy power throughout the universe displayed. And it goes on. And for the beauty of the earth, we hear, for the beauty of the earth, for the glory of the skies, for the love from which our birth over and around us lies, Lord of all, to thee we raise. This our hymn of grateful praise. To the hymn we just sang, I sing the almighty power of God. There's not a plant or flower below, but makes thy glories known. And clouds arise and tempests blow by order from thy throne. While all that borrows life from thee is ever in thy care. And everywhere that we can be, thou God art present there. This book is filled with lyrics Sun, moon, and stars in their courses above join with all nature in manifold witness. And we'll sing as we close today, This is my Father's world. All nature sings, and round me rings the music of the spheres. In Romans 1, we are told that we see God simply by opening our eyes and viewing his handiwork. It's not in our hymnal, but one of the best hymns about creation is one that many of us know. When you pick up what I'm doing, just join along with me. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what? What a wonderful world. Louis Armstrong got it. He got it. God is such a divine architect. We um, have architects and engineers, but we, we pale in comparison to what God, who is so majestic, can do. What is an engineer? Now, this is a very simple definition, so I hope I'm not offending any engineers in the room, but an engineer is a person who can design a machine to accomplish a task. If I were to ask an engineer to build a device that could tell time, I'm sure that they could do that with gears and rays, with computers. I mean, this thing on my arm tells me the time. It tells me my calendar and all sorts of things. But if I were to say, build this in a way so this can create another one of these and another one of these and another one of these, they're going to tell me that is a task that is far too difficult to be done. But God can. If we look at human beings alone, if we look at the world around us, we see the majesty of God's engineering and God's architecture From the time we are babies, our bodies adapt and grow and change. There are are internal 
devices in us that tell us when we are hungry or when we are craving something that may tell our doctor then that there's something going on in our bodies that needs attention. God didn't just create us to go around. God created us in a way that um, our bodies continue to grow and adapt and they tell us what is going on. He is so much superior to us. And he takes the tiniest of us, tiny little babies, and as the psalmist notes, the praises of babies and infants establishes God's purpose. Well, when I got married in May, I became a grandma. Y'all, that is one of the most awesome things in this world to be a grandma. Can I get an amen? I had the privilege and the honor this week of having my stepdaughter and her husband and my little grandson with us. And he is 11 months old, and he is at the stage where he loves a mirror. And anytime he would start to cry, we would put him in front of the mirror, and all of a sudden it's... (gasps) And his words for I love you are... And he would start telling himself that he loved himself in front of the mirror. He really loves the mirror. We're wondering if he's um, got a little vanity complex there. But, you know, he, um, he looked around. His, he put his feet in the ocean for the first time. And that was just a wonderful thing to watch. And we watched as he got in the sand on the beach for the first time. And we're trying to make him not eat it. Um, <laughs> But as we watched him, the beach became introduced to us in a new way. God's fingers are all over this world. And we are taught by the tiniest human beings among us how to appreciate this world. But for a moment, we're going to go back to the scientific and consider this. The earth is placed so perfectly that its tilt causes the four seasons. What if the earth had no tilt or the axis of rotation remained perpendicular to the plane of orbit? We would have no seasons and the surface temperature at any point on the earth would be the same as it is both during July and January depending on where you are now. Depending on whether you're a winter or a summer person, you could be in a really great location or not. The equatorial region of our planet would be intolerably hot all year, would basically become a desert, and ice would overcome the poles. The weather patterns would be stationary with perfectly positioned warm and cold air masses, and farming would not be possible. So those of us who like a good vegetable plate would be out of luck. What would be the effect if the earth had double the tilt? Temperature extremes between seasons would be far more pronounced. Europe and North America would have extended times of darkness in the winter and light in the summer. And life on most of earth's surfaces would simply become intolerable. 
The earth rotates once every 24 hours, producing the interval of time that we call a day. But if the earth rotated more slowly, we would have more extreme day and nighttime temperatures. But God in his wisdom knew that 24 hours was optimum, serving to evenly heat the earth. And for those who barbecue, you know how important even heat is. Just in that small environment, can you imagine for the entire earth? So we could hardly improve on the present arrangement that the earth has with tilt and rotation. And that seems to be all part of God's plan. Our present tilt causes seasons and associated fluctuations in weather, producing a maximum amount of farmable land and pleasant seasons, even 104 degrees in summer. The placement of the earth and its exact distance from the sun allows from the sun allows for the existence of liquid water and that is a rare occurrence in the universe. I see Betsy Connolly back there. Am I getting this science right? I got a thumbs up. Yay. Further away from the sun, all water would turn to ice and closer to the sun, all water would turn to steam. So the next time you have that cold drink of water, you can remember that God knew exactly what he was doing when he made creation. And that means he knew exactly what he was doing when he created you. The vastness of our universe is beyond our comprehension. It's a massive expanse containing Millions, billions of galaxies, each which contains billions of stars. And the distances involved are so difficult for us to comprehend. In fact, one of our nearest galactic neighbors, Andromeda, is two and a half million light years away. And a modern day spacecraft would take 30 billion years to arrive at it. Some of the furthest known galleries exist over 10 billion light years from Earth. It's no wonder that if we try to count the stars and, and if we were to even say the sun were a speck of sand, there wouldn't be enough beaches of sand to compare to the numbers of the stars in the universe. And the sun is huge. But let's say the sun were the size of a penny. Some large stars would be the size of the Earth in comparison It's no wonder that Abraham stood in wonder at the night sky. It's no wonder that when we think that God was going to bless Abraham beyond the number of stars that we get lost in trying to understand all the ways that God blesses us. And I think with good reason, the psalmist asks In light of the vastness of the universe, who is man that you are mindful of him, God? In the jungles in Brazil, there are probably billions of little tiny ants. Had I not mentioned those to you, how often would we think of those? Are we not like one of those tiny ants? Compared to God? Try calling this number 202 456 1111. If you are asked 
to ask to speak to the person in, the ch- in charge, the White House staff would tell you that President Trump is busy. And it wouldn't matter who was in the, in the Oval Office. If you were to call that number eight years ago, 20 years ago, you would have an operator tell you that the president was busy. Who are we that God would be mindful of us? But there is good news. The creator loves us and pays attention to us and wants us to talk to him every single day. The psalmist tells us that we have been crowned with glory and honor and given a calling. When I went to um, Plains, Georgia, about a year and a half ago to hear President Carter teach Sunday school, and he is amazing. If you get the opportunity to go, I encourage you to go. I'm not telling you to miss church, but it's just, it's an opportunity that's worth taking. But I went and I heard him talk to people throughout the room. He had pastors introduce themselves, and we were all so humbled that he would even call on us. And then he, he called on me to pray, and he said, Young lady, the one from Noonan, right over there, the good Methodist, he says, Would you lead us in prayer? And I was so stunned I didn't know what to do at first, and he says, if you want to, and I said, of course I want to, and I hopped up and I prayed, and afterwards we had our picture made, and he took the time to talk to us. I never thought a president of our United States, either current or former, would ever speak to me, and I was so humbled and so amazed by that. But this psalmist reminds us that the God of the universe, the creator himself, the one who has all things in his hands, all people, all ants, all stars, all oceans, everything, wants to talk to us every single day and wants us to talk to him. And he cares about us and he loved us enough to send his son to die for us. So when we read and hear that we have been given dominion over his creation, we need to respond. We are caretakers of creation. In Leviticus and Deuteronomy, the land itself is to be seen as an organism for Sabbath rest. So when you sit in a porch, sit on a porch rocker, and you're putting your cell phone away and you're taking time with your family or your friends or the Bible or just yourself and the earth. Know that you are praising God the creator and that you can take a moment to look around and see what perhaps he is calling you to do. We are often called to pray and when God's people are humble and pray the land is healed like a sick person. The Amish teach us much about this. I had the opportunity to go to Amish country last Thanksgiving. Um, That's where my stepdaughter and her family are. And we went to Amish country and spent a day there and saw as um, instead of John Deere, the green and yellow tractor, it was a woman probably standing on her porch going, John Deere, would you bring this in when you come back? 
They played. They didn't need these. They didn't need gadgets or televisions or anything to feel the goodness of God or see anything. We went to the store and the produce there at Thanksgiving was amazing. They had really good chocolate too. On the other hand, we have deforesters who don't follow the rules and then lands stop producing. Native Americans for years have only used biodegradables and only carried what they could. And yet we live in a world where we wipe out resources left and right through pollution and waste. And there's a delicate disrupting of ecospheres. In the South, we know this as kudzu. At Jekyll Island, where I was this week, there was a great celebration as one of the sea turtles was well enough to be released on Glory Beach. And there was a tremendous celebration, and with it, a lesson in conservation. And that is to do small things to help. You know, I've been laughed at for years when I cut up the little plastic rings that come on the drinks. But every time I do it, I say I'm saving a sea turtle. I don't know whether I am or not, but this week I was told I do. A lot of people, I had you raise your hand if you had a pet, but I don't, I don't think any of y'all have a pet snake. But um, there are a lot of people in the Florida Everglades who do, or Kathy Wilson, you're nodding your head. Do you have a pet snake? You had a pet snake as a child. God bless you. Um, no, no, <laughs> no, that wouldn't have flown in my house. Um, but in Florida, in the Everglades, a lot of people became attracted to having Burmese pythons as pets. And then when they would get too big, they would release them into the wild thinking it's not going to make that big a difference. And now there are tens of thousands of Burmese pythons in the Everglades. And they are making an impact that isn't always good. Proverbs 27, 23 helps us to define our call to take care of creation of our father's world in saying, but be sure to you know the, co- the condition of your flocks and give a careful attention to your herds. I believe the psalmist had this in mind. In saying, God, you made us rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under our feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and all that swim the paths of the sea. This week, we have an opportunity with our kids, our rising third graders through our rising sixth graders, to teach them who they are and whose they are and what they are called to do. And it's a small part of their calling. However, it is a calling that is important. And so this week we are going to teach them that we are created to care, not only for the earth, but for animals and for one another. On Tuesday... 
And I mentioned that please bring your animals out for the blessing of the animals at First Avenue Park. We will gather and while uh, we have two different sessions and there will be a group um, having a blessing of the animals, praying over them, praying blessing on their life. We know how much a pet brings joy to our family if we've ever had one. In addition, we will have kids making doggy bags using parsley and other organic type things to give away for those um, with animals. And we will take a nature walk and we will even appreciate the mosquitoes that try to bite us. Sometimes God's call is hard. We will gather and we will work with Keep Noonan Beautiful. We will work together on Thursday, and we will pack hygiene kits that will um, go to persons who've been in the paths of storms like Barry that just went through Louisiana, like Michael that devastated South Georgia and Florida, like um, Irma that went through the panhandle years ago, like Katrina, and there are folks still covering from Hurricane Katrina. We will put together flood buckets. Thanks to the generosity of this church in its giving, um, we still have flood bucket funds from the, the campaign we did before. And our children will put together flood buckets to go out and go to those storm victims. It is so important that we don't stop with the babies like my little Max taking in the awe of the ocean and how wonderful it is to just have his feet in that great body of water that God cares for. As our children grow, as we grow and mature, we are called to continue to recognize the majesty of God, to recognize that we're but a little bitty tiny ant compared to all the things that God has in his hand, and yet he has entrusted us. Scripture tells us that even the rocks will cry out in praise. Even creation will sing and witness to God's goodness. And like the psalmist, we have opportunities every day to look around and say, O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth, in every corner, including mine. Amen.